Welcome to the Recycle Podcast, where we discuss everyday issues from a mental health perspective. We are your hosts, Dr. Rashonda Strickland, Dr. LaFanya Jones-Hines, and Dr. Nichelle Wall. Now don't get it twisted. We're not going to be your stereotypical therapist. What we will be is informative, down to earth, a little spicy, and vulnerable. All right, interns, turn up your volume, grab your pen and paper. It's supervision time. As a reminder, this podcast is not meant to take the place of a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Welcome back to session 110, All By Myself. Today's music is by Celine Dion, by the same title, All By Myself, 1996. Yeah, Dr. Wall taught us something new today. I thought that song was by Celine Dion (laughs) originally. It's a cover. I did did too. Uh, This is the power ballad era. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is when the strong voices was out. Yeah, you know, Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, you know, Whitney Houston, these are strong. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> they don't oh. make music like that no more. Nah, I wish. Adele is probably the closest. Mm, when yeah. It comes to that. Okay. So today we're going to be talking about uh, humility, empathy, and building walls. So I'm going to give you the definition. The definition of empathy is the ability to genuinely care about what others feel and think. And humility is to recognize your own limitations and know you need the expertise of others. And building walls is basically just creating a space or creating an unhealthy boundary mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to keep you safe. That's basically a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And with, and I, so I want to just say with, uh, the building walls people use those you know and say well i'm just protecting myself the thing about it is defense mechanisms they work but they're not meant to work full time like for a long time for you know years and years that's why when we you know get people to come in i just i i used to be able to you know not care about it or do this Mm. or do that but it's just not working for me anymore because your mechanism was not supposed to be long term. Yeah. You were supposed to work on that and heal through that and move on. Mm-hmm. But yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Something I tell um, my clients is that you don't ever really want to build walls anyway. Yeah. You want to erect the correct boundaries because boundaries you can see, you can tell what's going on with yourself, tell what's going on on the other side and boundaries help you observe the people that are in your life. So as they show you who they are, you put them in the correct positions within your life versus I can't see nothing. So everything that's on that side of the wall, I really am not getting a a clear picture of it Mm -hmm. and everything going on with me. I can't actually heal myself. I'm stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mm, go ahead. <laughs> I was just talking with somebody earlier uh, this week, uh, or actually end of last week, about boundaries and building walls. And one of the things that we were discussing was um, when you have your limits, are you setting like a mini golf course, mm-hmm. you know, like a putt putt mm-hmm. type of wall system, or are you building like a military grade 
ropes course, mm-hmm. you know, because it's okay to be, like you were saying, to be self-protective, but like how complicated are you making mm-hmm. the limits that you set with people? Yeah. You know, yeah. are you saying, okay, like, all right, I got to test the waters to see if you're um, worth the energy, worth the time and the space to open myself up? Or are you setting such hard ridiculous limits that by the time the person has jumped through all of these hoops, they don't even have the energy to invest in you mm, anymore. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And, gotcha. and see that, that type of wall right there to me, um, limits people from having empathy and being humble. Mm-hmm. And so, and those two things are important for us to have interactions with people. Yeah. Yeah. So my question. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I just had something to add to Go that. Ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So, uh, this is trademark, so don't in terms. I'll be trying to steal this. Okay. <laughs> um. So in my curriculum, how I have it set up is circles of trust. Mm. So you have your smallest circle. I think we've talked about this before, but you have your smallest circle, and no one but you and whoever your higher power is can be in that ever. Yeah. Then you have your inner circle, and so on and so forth. You can name them whatever you want to name them. But the visual is all of this is like the diamond strength cellophane. And the only way that this stuff can dissolve is if you let it dissolve and you move people. Mm. But everything is see-through. But the circles are around you and people are in position and they can move. They don't have to stay there. So if you have a best friend and y'all end up growing apart, the person turned out to be crazy or maybe you the crazy one. (laughs) You know, you're going to move them from your inner circle and maybe they're in the associate circle or whatever. So that's the visualization I give uh, my clients. So you can be able to do a full 360 and see everything all the time whenever you need to versus those walls kind of get, leave you with blind sites, blind spots. Yeah. Makes sense. So my question is, why is humility important? Why is humility important? Uh, One, I think it keeps you from becoming, just on the base, arrogant. Mm -hmm. And it also keeps you you in check for, am I being truly observant of what's going on around me? Am I being grateful for the things that I'm receiving? Uh, But am I also uh, showing a level of discernment? Mm. You know, because you have to be able to kind of look within and take some, take the one down sometimes. Sometimes I need to take the one up. Like I think being, having a healthy level of humility allows you to flow between all of those uh, different levels. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with what you said. (laughs) It's the perspective. Like I think humility allows you to not let the world be about you. Just because your world is about you does not mean the world itself. And so I think that distinction gives you an ability to see more than just your needs, Mm -hmm. more than just your perspective, because more than one thing can be right. It doesn't mean that it's right for the collective, but Mm -hmm. more than one thing can be right. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that it allows humility allows you to um, take into consideration the beliefs and opinions of other people so that you can have an effective dialogue about whatever topic. And it also allows you to not uh, feel like you have to argue about 
whatever topic it is, because mm-hmm. you're humble enough to know that, like Dr. Wall was saying, more than one thing can be right. You can be right. This other person can be right. Or even if you don't agree, you're humble enough to be like, oh, OK, well, you know, I don't agree with that, but I understand. I don't I understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. It allows you to take into perspective other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. And then it also allows you to have compassion and empathy for other people. Yeah. And I those, think that's the issue is that when people get into those arguments or get into the like, let me prove my point. Yeah. It's like more about being right than mm-hmm. getting understanding than to actually be a part of the conversation. It's like I must be top dog yeah. Yeah. versus we share an information like mm-hmm. whatever comes comes. Of course, in different uh, relationships, you have different dynamics. So like. If we imbalance beacon mode and y'all are the owners and y'all are my bosses, y'all tell me to do something that I'm going to have to do that, mm-hmm. that, you know, that's different. Right. But if we're in a just conversation type of situation, it's like, okay, I'm sharing my information. Dr. Strickland sharing hers. Dr. J.H. is sharing hers. We come to a conclusion together. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. And I, and I, the thing about that is it's, it's about like, it allows us to also respect one another, one another, mm-hmm. because I don't always have to be right. And then I feel like when, when you tell me something that I didn't have information about, or I, that that's not a perspective I was I took, mm-hmm. um, that allows me to expand my knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're disagreeing with me. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't even think of it like that. Or let me add that to my memory bank. <laughs> it's like what Doctor yeah. Strickland said probably last year in one of the sessions, like there's always this need for people to be right. Yeah. Instead of like, let me just be here. uh And so I think we have such an innate need to not be wrong and be embarrassed or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. emotions come from you not having the right answer that we just kind of let that infiltrate every aspect of our lives. Yeah. And I also think too, that we allow society to put so much pressure on us to know every. So the one thing I cannot, it burns my soul is when I'm having a conversation. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It burns my soul when I'm having a conversation with someone. And just because I'm a doctor, you think I'm supposed to know everything about everything. I am a doctor of psychology and I don't know all of that. Right. I don't want to. I don't know <laughs> how to build a chair. Why are you asking me how <laughs> yeah. to build a chair? I don't know. Family. This is, we talking to y'all. Okay. Family. Okay. okay we I, love like, family. <laughs> I can name several. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, I cannot stand it. And then, and, and so it, it, when people, when you don't know who you are, it makes you strive to know everything. Yeah. And when you're, when you don't know everything, then you start feeling some kind of way because now you feel like you're stupid because you didn't know how to how to build a chair. That's right. not what you went to school for. Right. I agree. Yeah. Or your specialization. Don't don't come ask me about nothing to do with ask Fergus. Right. <laughs> Go talk to Dr. Strickland. Exactly. And I'm not going to even <laughs> pretend to know. I don't need to know because we. I, I got a, a best friend that knows. Mm-hmm. That I got you. Oh. He, he got a number right there. He got a name. There you go. And that's literally what we do in the office. Yeah. Like, we come, okay, uh, Dr. J.H., okay, so I got this person they presented with this. Uh, last mm-hmm. cocaine use was this, blah, 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 blah. You want them? Okay, I'm going to give them to you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we Oh, for sure. Because we don't yeah. feel, we have enough compassion for each other's specialty. That's, that's the other thing. 
we know that this is your specialty. We, I'm not getting ready to try to mess that up. Mm-hmm. So if I have somebody that is on the spectrum or even having sexual dysfunctions, mm-mm, nope, I'm not getting ready to mess that specialty <laughs> up. Let me go on and send them to I you. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. Uh, I was, it's so funny we're talking about this today because I saw a video this morning on um, Instagram of Angie Martinez. She was interviewing uh, Mary J. Blige and the, they were actually talking about empathy and in that video, Angie uh, Martinez said that she thought having empathy and giving to other people made her a good person. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was such an interesting take that I believe a lot of people believe that, mm-hmm. that if I am empathetic and I am a, a feeler and I give to people that, oh, then I must be a good person. No. And that's not necessarily true because you could be very giving and very empathetic and be just as narcissistic and manipulative Mm -hmm. as the next person. The part about empathy that people have to understand is that you, you understand another person's thoughts and feelings. Mm -hmm. So if Dr. Uh, Strickland came to me and said, you know, so I hope you don't mind me saying that she, she's been working with uh, MHMR for, Mm -hmm. A long time. Mm-hmm. And so if she came to me, I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm getting ready to leave. I feel so strange <laughs> about leaving because I've yeah. been there for so long, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I say, well, girl, you got balance. We can let it go. It's all right. That's not showing empathy mm-hmm. because I'm not understand. Like she has an at- attachment with them because she's been with them and her leader for some time now. Mm-hmm. And so it, I would need to come to her and be like, oh, man, you know. I, I can't imagine how that feel, but like, yeah. Th- and then I can be like, but you still have, you know, balance speaking, you know, show the empathy first. Yeah. It's, I think people, what people, um, miss out on is the emotional empathy. We have the cognitive empathy because we understand it. Yeah. We got it. We, okay. You leave an MHMR. That's the cognitive piece to it. But now I need to put the emotional Mm -hmm. empathy to it. Absolutely. And empathy is about the other person. It's not about you. And I think that's another element of that when we were talking about the humility is that people get it wrapped up in them. I'm being a good person. I'm showing you love. Mm -hmm. Who cares about you in this situation? (laughs) Like if you are giving, the purpose and the focus is on the person you're giving it to. Mm -hmm. If I give... You know, Dr. Strickland, a strawberry cheesecake. I can't be like, girl, I gave you that strawberry cheesecake. <laughs> it's good. I you like it, right? Yeah, right. That, that don't make no sense because right. that's you trying to feel worthy. Mm-hmm. That's you trying to get the accolades. That's you trying to build you up. And the purpose of the empathy or the gift or whatever was to bless the other person, to right. give to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I, so that's why I was so amazed. I was like, wow, look at that. Talk yeah. about the universe aligning. <laughs> yeah. But I was reading one of the comments and I, I'm probably going to go back and um, screen that one because it was so good. One of the, I'm super paraphrasing this person's comment, but the thing that they talked about was that there's levels to empathy and that it doesn't mean that you always have to do something. Mm-hmm. That we believe that empathy means I've got to behaviorally act in some way. And the thing that they were saying is they had to learn that that's not always the case with being empathetic or even having humility, if we're going to tag that in there too, is that 
I can do that from afar. I don't need to express my empathy to you. I don't need to do something for you Mm -hmm. that I can just be in that state. And it's just internal. That happens a lot with grief. People don't know. They be so uncomfortable. They don't know what to say. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. I wrote a mini, a real mini uh, curriculum for when I used to work with the, the feds. I wrote a mini curriculum on grief to work with some of the inmates on because they can't go to funerals of you know so and I I, one of the chapters was uh, about like ten or fifteen stupid statements that people make when um, you know people someone Mm -hmm. passes away and I was like and when I was writing it I was like people really don't know what to say or do when it comes to grief Mm -hmm. but. It was, it's like Dr. Strickland was saying, it's sometimes you just need to be, mm-hmm. you don't have to say the, you know, well, at least they're in a better place or God had a better plan. That makes people upset with God. Stop saying stuff like that. First of all, you don't know that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they might not be in a better place. Right. Us living don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. Truly. Exactly. Right. We have gifts, talents, and abilities. Right. We don't all know mm-hmm. that. And, and you it ain't your job. And you don't even know if they went to heaven. You don't know it. Yeah. So stop it. Stop saying stuff like that. But anyway, just like Dr. Shickle was saying, in grief, that's that's one of the things that you can do. Just be. Mm -hmm. You can have empathy and humility. Just you don't have to say a word. Yeah. I agree with that. Do you guys believe that being overly empathetic, like what do you guys think is the like rebound effect of that? So if I am a very empathetic, giving, emotionally available person, like what is the like paradoxical effect that happens for Hurt. me? You become drained. You know, we've talked about that with me being me. You have to really put some boundaries on yourself because some things that you do, even though the intent is good, the impact is harmful and the impact may be harmful to you and the other person, you have to look and see what is needed for the other person and then what your capacity is. Mm. It's not just open access. And, you know, that's not a selfish thing. And a lot mm. of people, we are raised that if someone is need, you should just give and give and give. Well, then I'm going to be the one in need mm-hmm. because that's that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you figure out what you're capable of, what your capacity is and then what is needed from them. And then you come up with a game plan to be able to do that. You know, even say one of my besties needed something. If I don't have it to give, I can figure out a different way to support that person Mm -hmm. so if if she's needing monetary stuff and i don't have that okay maybe i need to be there and spend the time with her like there's different ways to empathize Mm -hmm. there's different ways to show up for people and a lot of times we only think of monetary or tangible things and like you were saying dr jh it's important that we have that emotional Mm -hmm. connection to these things Mm -hmm. absolutely and i Hmm? I would say hurt um, because like Dr. Um, Wild was just saying, you know, you open yourself up to being there, you know, if it's overly, I guess, being there all the time Mm -hmm. um, or being available all the time. And I I believe that's when people um, 
end up building those walls mm. because they get hurt so much or so many times, or it seems like it's a slap in their face or they're not appreciated mm-hmm. or, you know, all of those things. Yeah. And so they build that wall to protect themselves, to not be hurt. So then they, then that's when the seemingly uh, the opposite happens. Like they stop doing anything. They stop being a given person. They allow their experiences to change who they are, mm-hmm. which we typically do. Yeah. Life does change us. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. That the ultimate, I think, for the overly empathetic person, um, anger mm-hmm. is the, the the rebound effect that happens. Mm-hmm. Is that exact thing? You know, I've given, 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 give, and the one thing I talk with clients about all the time is the plight of the giver is you don't get in return because you don't attract givers. Yeah. You know, attract takers. Yeah. Or receivers, if it's healthy. Or receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but you rarely, it's not impossible, but you rarely attract other people that give. You know, uh, it puts me in the um, mind of something that you cautioned me about um, a couple of years ago when it came to a particular family member. This particular family member kept coming to me asking for what they needed, whatever mm-hmm. that may be. And I, and I guess <laughs> Dr. Strickland was like, she kept watching. She didn't say nothing at first. She kept watching, but she mm-hmm. kept also listening. She was like, Oh, and then I think maybe like my last couple of times she was like, okay, Dr. Jones or Lafanya, uh, you realize you continue to give of yourself from a person that you can't receive from because they, and not because they, were unwilling, but they didn't have it to, you know, mm-hmm. give to me mm-hmm. the, the emotional, the monetary, they didn't have, they didn't have any of that to give to me. She said, so eventually you're going to start feeling like you're being used or unappreciated. She was like, so I need you to caution yourself about that because I don't want to see you hurt. Yeah. So I, that, that puts me in the mind mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Another element of that. And actually me and Trish, the, the bestie, um, talked about this not too long ago is that when you have a lot of takers or receivers because they are in such a state of deprivation or going without for whatever reason they can't see you Mm -hmm. in order to see that there are also needs that you have Mm -hmm. and a lot of times a giver is going to take that on personally and we feel like why can't people just see who I really am Mm -hmm. and the reality is they don't have the capacity to do that that's your job Mm. That is true. Mm. I'd be mad, but I'm just I saying. Say, and, and <laughs> that's the other, the second half of what I usually talk to clients about. That's the second half of the plight of the giver is not knowing how to be empathetic and, and gentle with self. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That it's always that, well, I should, mm-hmm. I should, I need to, well, just one more. Just one more time. You got to stop shooting on yourself. Yeah. You got to. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I give the uh, who am I questionnaire. Mm-hmm. And the first question on that questionnaire is when was the last time you told yourself that you love yourself? Yeah. And I, I w- every client, every client, <laughs> I have never had one client. I've been using this form for probably more than six years. Mm. Never have I had a client to say, oh, I said it yesterday. All of my clients say, I have never said it, said I love Mm -hmm. you to myself. And so I said, well, how are you, how do you know that you love yourself then? I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know other people love you? Well, they show it and they tell me. So why don't you do it for your same self? Boy. Have compassion and kindness to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you do that, one, by saying I love you. Look there you at, go. Do I supposed to look in the mirror? You can. <laughs> you can look in or the mirror. Or just say I mean, you, you are you. Right. I so. said, you know, when you finish brushing your teeth, just look up and say, I love you, girl. Or man. Good morning. <laughs> exactly. That, yes. Affirmations. Yes. <laughs> Affirmations. You have to have that compassion towards yourself so that you can have empathy for you and to be able to extend it for, to other people. Absolutely. It has to be a balance and, and stability in your life so that that you can prevent yourself from hardening mm-hmm. and becoming hurt and then angry because no one else is giving it to you because you don't have to worry about that. You're giving it to yourself. Yeah. And that's not to say that you go out there and just willy nilly and be used and mm-hmm. unappreciated right. <laughs> because that does take a toll on you, but you continue to show that compassion to yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Man. I like it. Mm-hmm. Picasso. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, y'all have any other thoughts or? I do not. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just the introduction to mm-hmm. the month. Yeah. All right, y'all. Short, sweet, and to the point. Yes. Damn. I like it. And we have two co- quotes for y'all today. Uh-huh. The first one is, empathy is patiently and sincerely seeing the world through the other person's eyes. It is not learned in school. It is cultivated over a lifetime. That is by Albert Einstein. Shout out. To the proposedly black man. <laughs> <laughs> Our next quote is Pride is concerned with who is right. Humility is concerned with what is right. And that is by Ezra Taft Benson. Must be his body of control. So, okay, interns, process your notes. Be sure to catch us next session and find us on all major platforms at the Recycled Podcast. If you're a new intern, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are shifting and reshaping our psyche through healing conversations and connections, one discussion at a time.